but I think for other men, you know, the whole mantra of, you know, like fell in love with a stripper, like strippers are good actresses. Like we're going to play you, you know? So even if a stripper is not being genuine or it's like they aren't feeling genuine, they're going to act genuine. And like a dude will totally fall for that. Hello and welcome to Miseducated, the show about unlearning the misguided rules from society that govern our lives. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. Hello everyone and welcome back to Miseducated. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. This episode is the final part of my conversation with Ruby a college graduate, nanny, and stripper who has kindly shared her experiences of sex work with us. Here, we talk more about the dynamics of power between heterosexual men and women when it comes to strip clubs. Before this conversation, I didn't know what sugaring was, so I also asked Ruby to define it here and tell us about her sugaring experiences. She also shares some of her personal aspirations, as well as some advice and slang tips that people use inside the strip club. Please enjoy. And so when you're giving all these dances and things, where does the danger aspect of it come in for you personally? Like, is it with customers? Is it with other girls? What are the kinds of things that could happen if you're not like street smart while you're dancing as a stripper? Yeah, there's a couple of things that could happen. With, within the club, it's kind of also, it's like, with, there's things that can happen within the club, there's things that can happen out of the club. If you're a dancer that takes your business out of the club, you're putting yourself in a lot more danger at a lot more risk. Um, and you have to be aware of those potential risks if you're taking your business outside. Um, because within the club, I felt safe to the extent that I had my coworkers, my security, the staff, who I knew had my back at least. And that's something that's really important to know that people have your back in that setting. So so many times if someone pulls out their phone and starts recording something they're kicked out immediately like there's no recording wow. allowed. like that is disrespectful yeah. not okay if someone's starting to be disrespectful if someone's too drunk they're gonna get kicked out by security and that's a nice safety measure um so i'd say i didn't feel too much danger from other dancers it would always pretty much be from the customer um when you're one-on-one with a customer like on the floor it's like an open floor so there's a lot of people around they can't really you know pull too much shit and you don't really love touching on the floor. Like if they want to touch, you're going to go to the back. Um, so then once you're in the back, you know, it is a bit more private. You can kind of get away with more things. So on like a body to body level, especially if you're in like a VIP room or like totally private area, you know, a guy can just whip his dick out, which will totally happen. And I do not want some random person's penis juices on me. So that was the thing where it's like, you have to always look out for, and that's like a stripper trick. You have to always look at their waistband. Like, is their dick sticking out of their waistband? Cause like, if you're giving a dance that so often will happen that they just like will literally jizz their pants or like jizz on you. That's not safe. Um, and like touching and every dancer will set their own boundaries. Like, you know, you can't touch this. You can't touch this. You know, most of the time those boundaries won't get respected. So it's also a lot of like, correcting and enforcing which is breaching safety i guess when you go out of the club it can be really really scary just like more things can happen um there's not much safety 
Is that because people like see you leaving the back of a strip club and they're like, oh, this is where the strippers are leaving and then will like approach you or like do something to you or? Uh, That could definitely happen. Like this happens a lot. Like strippers get robbed when they're walking to their car um, or when they're walking to their Uber. So I would, I would not leave the door of the strip club to my Uber or to my car without the security escorting me to the car. And that was like the only time that I've ever been like, I need an escort, but it's like, I'm literally walking out of the club with hundreds of dollars of cash on my person as a stripper at 4am. No, like I, I need you to walk me to my car. Um, wow. and you need to watch me lock my doors. So that could happen. But it's like, if you're leaving one-on-one with a customer, then, you know, that customer could kidnap you. They could rape you. They could dismember you. They could have a gun in their car. They could do anything. You know, it's just like, People are fucking weird. People are creeps. People will drug you. There's just, you won't go to sleep if you think of all the things that could happen, you know? Did you also decide that you would never do out of club work? Like you you personally decided that was something that you wouldn't do or like, are you open to I did. I did do out of club work. Wow. Um, which is when I would get into the most dicey situations. Um, so it's really tricky. Like it's really tricky because I'm a gut person, you know, and it's like all those times I was, I was going on my gut instinct and it's like your gut sometimes will still fail you um chasing the money will become an addiction and people say that in like the strip club it's like you know careful about you know chasing your bag like be mindful about it like you you will get your money just yeah and like did you have any like near danger experiences in that sense um I mean I've been assaulted like more than once like in a sex work setting it's not fun I had to go to a lot of therapy but yeah, I mean, men are trash and like, we'll just not respect women. When you're, you're like extra, extra degraded. Like you are not a person. You are just a vessel. Right. I mean, it's like confidence, but then you're also a vessel, right? It's like this kind of very weird dichotomy in that sense. Um, I asked my friend like what she would want to ask somebody who's a sex worker. And she was curious about what kind of role you think this institution has. Is it because we don't allow men to express themselves like sexually or emotionally or like why do you think strip clubs really exist like what do they offer people that they don't an outlet that they don't have that's a really interesting question hmm I mean I think it just taps into the extremely fragile male specific like sexuality um and sexual desire and I think it's something that's tricky because I feel like this is also something that I would like to know the literature on a little bit better because I've been taught in certain classes that like men and women have the same sexual um, kind of like desire, sexual hormones, like there's somewhat similar and level. And I've also been told the opposite that like men's hormones are like so much more crazy, which I think that is the literature that's or like the perspective that's just pushed by like the patriarchy. Um, yeah. You know, the boys, you know, that like men have more of this like sexual desire and drive, but it's like, you know, we, we have magic mic, but guy strippers are not being, you know, reined on the way that women strippers are. And a lot of that is because men are the ones that are producing the capital and that are holding the capital and are able to give that capital. It's like women, like in a heterosexual setting, you know, um, women aren't going and making it rain on, you know, dude strippers because they don't have the same capital as men. So I think it's like a weird niche industry that just taps into 
fragile male sexual desire that's supported and perpetuated in our societies by these industries and also the fact that they have the capital to give Mm. i wonder about their outlet i'd like to think that men have like all the outlets to express their sexualities or their like I, i honestly think that they're the world is their playground when it comes to their sexual deviance like women get catcalled and played around with left and right like strip clubs just emphasize that too um in what kind of world would men feel like they wouldn't need to go to a strip club or like what does it do for them that like they can't express otherwise I guess and it I mean it sounds like some of it is emotional maybe they just want to chat and have a companion and Mm -hmm. then maybe part of it is also driven by the culture and people just being like women are these objects that you can like play with and spend money to fulfill your desires in what alternative world what what would exist and like maybe it would even exist in a less violent way maybe if it was regulated at least then it would just be like a more socially acceptable for men to express their sexuality in this way um and then you could also have rights and like healthcare maybe and it would be safer so yeah i know it's it's something that i really i don't understand it's like you don't see you know older women shelling out money for young men to accompany them places or to have sex with them and I think about it kind of on a personal level you know my parents are divorced they've you know been divorced for five years and have stayed pretty much single the entire time I don't think my mom is going out on like seeking arrangement trying to find a young guy to like spend time with you know I yeah I don't see that happening but like older men just somehow I just don't think men are independent and they can't live independently. Like they need companionship, physical companionship, intimate companionship from some connection to their mother or feminine maternal energy. But I truly believe that like men need women more than women need men for sure. Yeah. I wanted to get into that dynamic a little bit more because I, like my friend was also asking me, like, do you feel more powerful? Like who really has the power in this situation? Yes. The men have the money so they can give you the money. But then if the customer is very drunk, but not to the point that they're so drunk that they're going to get kicked out of the club. Like, are you then manipulating them and getting them to give you their money? Right. So it's like, who, I don't know, who do you think is like winning in that situation? I know. This is also something that I, I have gone back and forth with so much because it's a power that is is so dependent on each other. You know, it's like, we both have things that we need from each other and we're both gonna get it. Like, we're gonna try to get it from each other like some way, but like, it's a negotiation. And it's weird when like, you're literally negotiating your body price with somebody. But, you know, like when it comes to power, I always know it's like, I have the power to say no, just as much as they have the power to not give me their money. Um, and both situations have happened. You know, it's like someone has given me money or like has proposed a number and I'll say like, no, that's not going to be it. On the other end, it's like I have given a service and been shoot and screwed. Like people have not also compensated me for things that I've done. That power will go back and forth. And it's like I've been on either side. You know, there have been times where I'm getting a deal like, and I'm making my money. But there's also a side where it's like I'm going to get like I've gotten taken advantage of for sure. So And I wish I could say it was more on my end, but I would say that at the end of the day, like they are my boss, like they are giving me my salary. So I have to, you have to comply at some point with your employer, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's what sucks. Interesting. Yeah. It's dynamic, you know, there's like so many interactions as well. You're meeting different customers. And so 
like now that you have been a stripper if for example your boyfriend went to a strip club like what what would you think about that I mean I think and I was dating someone when I was starting this too they didn't care at all I think I mean it's kind of funny I'd like to think like whatever person I'm with like I would totally trust them but like that's just coming from me but I think for other men, you know, the whole mantra of, you know, like, fell in love with a stripper, like, strippers are good actresses, like, we're gonna play you, you know, so even if a stripper is not being genuine, or it's like, they aren't feeling genuine, they're gonna act genuine, and like, a dude will totally fall for that, so I don't know, I, I get why, like, some women would be like, I don't want my, my boyfriend going to a strip club, so it's like, I mean, this is one of my favorite strip club stories, like, John Mulaney came into my strip club, and he's like, quote unquote, happily married. And he was getting dance after dance after dance with like the hottest stripper in the club. I think the strip club can be totally just fun environment too. And like, yeah, there was a lot of times that I would just like give a dance to a guy and they're just like, I'm just here to have fun. Like, I feel like I've given like platonic stripper dances with guys for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I think like having learned a bit more about your story and like, what it's like to be on the inside it's almost like that's normal in your world right and like this could totally just be a normal part of the world that we wouldn't need to hide under this rug and like you know refuse people all these labor rights and stuff and if it could just be in our culture and be accepted I don't know why that would be such a big deal no I don't know what do you think people are afraid of I mean and sometimes I'm like are women afraid of other women which makes me so so sad but I think that can be part of it it's sad, but it's like, there, there have been so many guys that's like, my wife would be like, so jealous of you or like, would be so upset. You know, I want to like break up with my wife and be with you. And it's like, it's really sad how many times like I've heard that. And it's, 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 that's really, that breaks my heart. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think sex is going to continue to be a taboo for a bit. I mean, what taboos do we have left? We got to hold on to some of these. I know. I was thinking that. Well, sex is definitely one of them. Gender dynamics and power, like women having money, minorities having money and power. Yeah, I wonder why we even have tabus in the first place. That's a really (laughs) philosophical question. I feel like I've just learned so much in this conversation. This has been really great. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Okay, I'm just going to ask you a couple more questions about sugaring. Yeah, I guess like what about sugaring? Like what is it? What do you do? And like, is it Seeking Arrangements or is there like another platform or how does that work? I use Seeking Arrangement. Um, Every once in a while, like people on Tinder and stuff will, you know, propose stuff, but I don't really trust people on non um, apps, the apps that aren't made for sugaring because it's just like, you know, that, that like initial why are we here is kind of already established when you're on an app that's assigned for sugaring. and I'm kind of at the point of sugaring where it's either going to be a like more relationship-based, continuous dating-ish, you know, there are more, there's activities that are involved. You know, you're going to dinner, you might go to a day trip or maybe an overnight trip. And it might be like an allowance-based system, or it could be a more transactional, what's called PPM, pay per meet type prostitute situation where you're seeing someone probably just for sex for like an hour two hours you know maybe have a drink with them have sex go you're gonna get your money and that's that um 
at this point, I pretty much only do the latter because the former is exhausting emotionally. It is emotionally draining. I do not have the capacity to give my ears and attention to an elder man who thinks that they can mentor me mm. about what I'm supposed to do and or just wants to talk about themselves all day. Like, there's honestly no amount of money that I can be paid to like deal with these old men sometimes. Yeah. Um, so the quick buck is like the way to go, in my opinion, if you're just trying to do it for like a job. And it's like, I, I see it as a job. I see it like unemotionally. I'm just going to see these people for a physical job and I'm going to do my job and then I'm going to make my money and then I'm going to go. And like, I've never even been on seeking arrangements, but do they have a rate? You like put in your rate and then that sounds like kind of illegal. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and seeking arrangement, like it has these little like side articles and like info, like little things about what you're supposed to do what you're not supposed to do and it's it's to me it's obnoxious because you know the male profiles have what your um yearly salary and then what you're worth so it's like you can see how you know i mean they can obviously fabricate it but they give you you know their annual salary and then what they're worth obviously that's not asked of like the sugar babies it's like they don't know what i'm making on a weekly basis um but they say like there's some language that like you're not supposed to use on the site. You're not supposed to use language like PPM, which is the pay for me, and like you're mm. not supposed to discuss like transactions like that because that's when it does become prostitution. Um, but then like the founder of Seeking Arrangement has like come out so many times where he's like, no, like sugaring isn't prostitution because there's an exchange of more than just the sexual good. Like the service is also like companionship and like uh, all these things, but. Honestly, it's like a lot of bullshit most of the time because people are literally just using the site as, you know, a back page. That's crazy. Like that they can keep this thing going and like not investigate. I don't know. Just they have responsibility to do something about the people that are on this platform, you know? Um, so what would you say like the definition of sugaring is then? Like, is it supposed to have this like companionship component to it or can it just be like you sleeping with somebody? I want to say two things. So I want to speak to on your first like comment because I think it's still going because people don't care about women. Like the people that are on the app are like rich, powerful men. Who's controlling the world? Rich, powerful men. Like they want bitches. They're going to get bitches. Like even if it's illegal, it doesn't matter. Like this is literally a site to help satisfy the sexual desires of rich and powerful men. Mm. And that's just going to like, that is what, that's the oldest, oldest trade in the book. So that will mm. continue. Um, as far as the definition of sugaring, pretty broad I feel like I mean it's, I think it can be totally companionship um and I would say typically the older men if you're getting to 40 plus they're looking for more companionship um they want to talk yeah all that but it can also be very transactional very just sexual um and that usually I feel like is the 37 and below crowd yeah interesting and have you ever been with someone on secret arrangements who's like the same age as you like are there any people who could otherwise just date normally in the world, I guess, without being on the platform? Yeah. Um, yes. And I would say maybe I'm 22. There's nobody that I've ever seen that's 22. There are some in like their later 20s, early 30s, but they will often market themselves as like, oh, like, you know, you know, I'm younger, like I'm a little more attractive, like I'm a little more hip, like I'm going to give you a low ball offer and like just stay super low. And like, I don't care what you look like. I'm doing this for money. I'm doing this purely for money. There's no reason why I would go low. Like 
and this is my rate for anybody. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how you look like it's you're using my time and services the same way. It doesn't matter to me. And they don't really get that. So they usually just try to lowball you because they're young. And I'm like, well, then just go on Tinder and you can find someone on Tinder. Um, like younger and just can't really pull super, like they're not like super unattractive. They're not super, you know, uncharming, but they can just pay for like a hotter girl online. And so get picking up a girl at a bar. So note to men out there, if you're considering using secret arrangements, which is, I mean, has a lot of moral issues, which we've kind of been getting into, but at least pay a woman what she's worth. I mean, not even in this industry could these men even do that. So that's great. Really reassuring there. Thanks. Thanks, men. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a lot of the questions that I had. Now, I'm really nervous to stop the conversation because I feel like it's been absolutely fascinating the only other thing I was thinking of was like lingo like language that you've kind of picked up through working in the strip club are there certain phrases and words and things that like the listeners should know hmm. um, I guess like strip club basics you know you have because I feel like a lot of people just don't which is understandable and this is something that now I'm like I have to remember that stripping is not seen as normal for a lot of people and like is kind of this is a taboo and like is seen as like whoa because at this point I'm like I have so many stripper friends like my online algorithms have so much like stripper content and like I'm seeing a lot of like a lot of my quote-unquote world literal and digital world is related to sex work and I forget that people don't actually know like little things so what I would say is like in a strip club you have the stage where you do dances and people throw money at you from like a little around the stage then you have the floor where you talk to people um and you try to get someone to get a dance from you and when you get a dance from someone you go to the back and there's two types of dances which is just a song like a one song dance which can be topless or fully nude where you take off your clothes in like a little stall um and that's just one song or a vip dance which is when you're in the more of like a back private room and that's 15 minutes 30 minutes or an hour I'm trying to think of other things yeah um then, what about your bag but like getting your bag yeah that's, I mean that's I feel like that that might just be like American slang too it's I guess like you see you talk about it in the club a lot but getting your bag is like getting your money you're like getting your you gotta get your check you know get me my paper yeah yeah and like do you have any other terms of phrase for the clothes that you wear or like a type of customer anything else that's kind of a detail a lot of different clubs have different dress clothes some clubs you have to wear like a dress like a skin like a skimpy dress kind of thing um most of the girls at my club would just wear like a bikini set kind of just like a top and bottom set um because also it's like if you're doing a dance there's like it's usually topless or nude usually you want to have like a top that you can take off or a bot and a bottom that you can take off but like some people would just wear like a one piece um some people wear like a slingshot which I never wore because they weirded me out but it's like around your it's like a thong that goes around your shoulders um yeah I was a I was a big um what's it called a bra top and a bottom with thigh high tights or like um mm. fishnets because while I was when I was a stripper I was vegetarian and extremely anemic and my legs would be like so bruised I'm gonna show, I'm gonna try to find a photo like terrifyingly bruised oh my god um 
from from like the pole work like yeah like it's just a lot it's so much on your legs from dancing on the pole and then just from doing I feel like just dances it's like you're on your knees a lot like you're on your knees and just like oh my gosh I'll just be so so bruised I don't know why there's someone honking so much right now. Yeah, oh someone goodness. in someone in Boston is freaking this shit. Right? Boston's mad. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay, I'm gonna describe it. There are like giant bruises on her knees, like down by her ankles, just like massive, massive bruises, like covering her entire knee. Yeah, my knee is just fully bruised. It's fully <sighs> bruised. Like, and I'm very pale skinned, and my knees are all brown. How, did you just like wear pants or something when you weren't stripping like how did you like you cannot walk down the street with yeah wow that's crazy okay do you have any extra questions or like words of advice for like the girls and people listening to this podcast stick to your minimum don't go lower you know you're better than everybody else you always have to tell yourself that <laughs> um yeah. yeah just be confident and that's a big thing it's just like you have to you just have to believe that you are better kind of in a way you just like kind of have to hold that I am like stronger I'm more confident than I actually am and fake it till you make it yeah. yeah so you're just a bit more put a bit more ruby in it I guess exactly put a bit more yeah. ruby in it yeah crazy and I tell myself that a lot now where I'm like I literally was a stripper. I can do anything, you know? And it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, I've done this thing that a lot of people could not do and I believe could never do, but I did that. I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ruby, for joining us on the show. This has been like an incredible conversation. So it's amazing. You know, I'm thinking, hoping, you know, one day I'm going to be doing my PhD on this, on this work, delving into it in a better more educated light hell yeah I could definitely see you doing a PhD on this like that would be amazing I feel like we need more research we need more like policy work um yeah definitely I would love to see that we would support you 100% all the way so let me know when you get those PhD applications out there because that is definitely we can, we can make it happen so okay I'm gonna- yeah Hit me up. Yeah, you can always hit up hit us up on Miss Educated and I'll put you in touch with Ruby just in case. Um, you know, we'll we'll think about that. Thank you so much, Ruby, for coming on the show. If you have any follow-up questions for Ruby or me, feel free to DM me on Instagram. My handle is MissEducatedPod and I'll pass them along. That's all we have here for the moment. I hope you enjoyed this really fascinating conversation and we'll be back with some more stories about the female body and unlearning society's rules a little bit later. I really hope that you're well, your family is well, and that you can spend some quality time with them over the holiday period. Lots of love. Bye.